This is the Pokedex Radio Podcast, where you can learn to be the very best, like no one ever was. Now, every Pokemon trainer knows that the best place to learn everything about Pokemon is to check their Pokedex. Now, this is where we talk about all things Pokemon from the video game to the anime and more. Learn how to be a Pokemon master at PokedexRadio.com. Hey trainers, and welcome to another episode of the Pokedex Radio Podcast. My name is Austin. I'm the host of this show. As usual, I have with me here my old buddy, co-host, Renee. Hey everyone, how's it going, trainers? All right, so let's go ahead. Let's get started. If you guys want to see the show notes for this, if you're listening to the downloadable podcast version of the show, it's over at pokedexradio.com slash 85. Those of you who are listening live over at pokedexradio.com slash live, you guys can find that uh, within about 24 to 48 hours after the live stream of the recording of this show. So got a lot of stuff to discuss this week. We got E3 (laughs) that we... Just experienced this week. It was amazing. Yeah. It was a good week. It was a good week. Uh, Very good week. I feel like a, a lo- there's more faith in Nintendo after this week. Definitely. A lot of good stuff came from Nintendo this week. A lot of good Pokemon stuff as well, obviously, which is the main purpose of this show. Uh, but we're going to be talking about pretty much everything Nintendo kind of did uh, over over this past week. Let's get started with Pokemon stuff first. So... Hoenn starters. They got their mega evolutions, which is something we already kind of knew was going to happen. Um, I believe we, we mentioned it. In action. We mentioned it last episode as well, just kind of brushing over it, but they really kind of, yeah, like, like Renee says that we got to see them in action. We got to see the dragon grass or grass dragon, whichever way it, it's going to go. Um, Septile mega evolution. And we got to see Swampert's mega evolution as well, which stays a water ground. Um, doesn't change there, which was, it's fine. And we already saw it. We've already seen, um, blaze against mega evolution as well from Pokemon X and Y. What, um, and actually I'm probably just going to look this up myself in a second. Sure. But the original, originally septile is dark and grass, isn't it? Septile is just grass. Really? I believe so. Let me look it up quickly. Looking it up right now as well. Septile is... And why can't I... Yeah, just grass. Just grass, yeah. Okay, so it inherits a new a new new type. It, I mean, it adds a new type, doesn't actually change a type, which is uh, what a couple of uh, Charizard changes its type. Um, and some of the other starters, Blastoise stays water, right? It doesn't yeah, change like water, with dark Venusaur. water, ice. And Venusaur I'm assuming stays. If that's what they're going to do with like every set of starters to get... Um, Mega Evolutions, just one of them is going to get a... Dragon? Or not... Well, I didn't even think of that. I was just thinking one of them is going to get a type change when they go Mega. Because that way... That's actually... um, That's actually a very good 
point to bring up. I think, okay, because so far, both of the starters that, the, both of the two um, generations of starters who have Mega Evolutions, one of them did, a, did get a type change to Dragon. So what about the rest of them? Are they all going to get a type change, a change to Dragon or just a type change in general? Like, I'd assume just a type change in general, but a type change to Dragon would probably be... um make the most sense i mean when we got what for alligator for alligator typhlosion and, and meganium yes out of those three i could see for alligator technically being a dragon yeah or even changing to like a dark type as well yeah that would work too but uh, what, meganium i don't really see a second type on that one and meganium is a, meganium and typhlo i think um actually i'm not sure about meganium but i think the generation uh two starters were all single types correct yeah yeah, those. After everything was up until um, what's it called? It started doing double types. The no, third uh, no, first generation had double types: Charizard and Venusaur. Really? Yeah. Well, ex- with the <laughs> with with the exception of uh, the original oh, Pokemon Red and Green games, and then about Red and Blue for us, um, Charizard was only Fire, I believe. Yeah, that's where I was going off of. Yeah, no, but the original Bulbasaur did have the second type though. Interesting. Is the second type as he as he um? No, he he is water. He's water and water. He's grass poison from the beginning. Hmm, I didn't realize that. Yes. Then again, I never got Bulbasaur in red and blue. Okay. You know. Yeah. He's uh, he stays the two types for his entire evolution chain. The only one who actually changes from the first generation is Charizard. Hmm. Ah, that is a very good idea. Uh, Jay, <laughs> well, definitely for like, okay, what Jay says right now in the <laughs> chat is um, before the episode, Dre was asking about uh, what kind of mega evolution he should choose. Either uh, was it Tyranitar or something else? Mega Tyranitar, Mega Kings, Kangaskhan, um, or, Kangaskhan or Mega Gyarados. Mega Gyarados. And Jay, because I'm hopefully it's because I played that It's Raining Tacos song because it's raining right now. Not tacos, but it's just raining. Uh, Jay says, either way, Dre, whatever Mega you choose, it must be named Lord Taco. I kind of want to now. Crickets? Okay. <laughs> so... Let's talk about some more of the news that came out. A lot of the stuff we kind of already knew about um, uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. The games take place in Hoenn. The Hoenn map looks absolutely amazing. Um, That's the link I had up that I lost before the show. Oh, well. Um, The Hoenn map, I don't think that there are any changes to the map itself other than looking at just a little bit more square than the uh, uh, original map that we've seen. The geographic map, not uh, not the route map. Um, mm-hmm. but it does look very interesting and cool, but it doesn't seem like there are any geographic changes to anything that I could tell just by glancing at it for like two minutes before the show compared to the original um, map. No, I mean, it does look, basically it looks, it, the, the map itself looks gorgeous. Like, I don't know if obviously this is like an artist rendition of it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I believe that is the actual, like what we're going to be seeing. Uh, I mean, the, um, like the Kensugi Mori like versions of it, I think this is just like an updated version of that, but it is an official map, I believe. Yeah, so let me just make sure that I'm we're looking at the same map here. I just linked it to you, right. but um, if that's the right map that you're talking about, it does look gorgeous. Yes, that is the map I was looking at because I'm wondering because okay, we've seen the big black thing east of the forest town. I don't see a big black thing east of the forest town. 
um, top right. Treat it. Top right. Oh, so he's saying east. Um, good question. What is that thing? Um, what he's talking uh, about, and I can't think of the uh, like a skull. What I'm thinking. What was in that game? There was nothing different in that game up that direction that I can think of. There was the um, uh, the area where you can find Absol. Um, I forgot the root numbers there, but it's where it's in between where the man, everything's just, I just lost everything as soon as we started the show. Uh, it's near where the, uh, the safari zone is in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and between that and then the town with all the trees, I can't think of the name of the town with all the trees, but that is an interesting question. That is one thing I didn't notice that there is a big difference and there is something up there. What that is. I have no idea though. What was I, the name of Sutopolis? was the Sutop- one that was it? the pseudopolis was the one inside the volcano okay like that looks really cool on the map it does um then again i'm i might be just confusing myself because i'm seeing two different uh like inside of volcano type of areas obviously there's pseudopolis which is the bigger one i think the smaller one is where either kyogre or groudon is depending on the version that you play no but in the oh it was originally just in pseudopolis wasn't it yeah, it was just oh, actually it was an emerald where they come in where they where they appear in Pseudopolis, but in the um, in it was actually within the the water route next door, uh, next door, but like attaching Pseudopolis to everything else. That's where you actually see Groudon and Kyogre originally. There are two islands that I don't recognize on the map in the, in the southern portion of the map. First is the southern um, mi- middle of the map. I don't recognize this little island here. Um, Pretty much right in the bottom middle, and then the island. Mirage uh, Island. That's not Mirage Island. I was thinking that was Mirage Island. Mirage Island is actually to the east of that uh, city floating on the water thing. I completely forgot names of places. It's been such a long time since I played these games, but okay. there, there are. Uh, you said where exactly? Bottom, bottom middle of the map. Oh, okay, that's Mirage Island. That's not Mirage Island. Battle Tower. Battle Tower? Wasn't the Battle Tower in uh, third generation? It was. Emerald? It was. I think that is the Battle Tower. Yeah, because I remember Battle Tower was on its own island. It was. Somewhere. And the thing is, with these games, which, which has been confusing me for a while now, is that the fact that there are other little smaller areas in... Because I keep getting Hoenn mixed up with Sinnoh in my mind. Um, why, I have no idea. But... Um, it's probably because I play the games so close together, but uh, uh, the there are other little areas in the game. For example, the place where you can go and you can find Mew, the, pla- uh, the place where you can go and you can find Deoxys. Um, it was in the third generation remakes of Fire Red and Leaf Green where you can go and find not only Deoxys, but um, uh, Lugia and Ho-Oh. Yeah. And also in these games, uh, in a Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, where you can actually go and find... Um, the other uh, Latios that you didn't get in that game. So if you have Latios, you can find Latios holding the Soul Dew. And that was on a specific island. It was through those e-reader cards. You remember those things? Yeah, I remember about that. So I I, like, they never got them to catch on very well, did they? No, not not at all. But I'm wondering how they're going to implement those secret events within the game in these new games. I mean, with with all the news and everything that's going on, this has been what's mostly on my mind. Stuff that I really want to see are those little small things that really make the game for me, personally. 
because I'm not seeing that. I mean, most of those things, obviously, they can do events online now. Um, with how games work these days, they're able to like send out a little patch to add it into the game, probably. And uh, I, like I don't see them having much trouble adding those things when they do, or even if they're already included in the game. Right, they're not. Yeah, true. Okay, uh, but the, the the map definitely does look nice, and I mean, if the game looks anything as detailed as this map looks, which mm-hmm. it probably will, or most definitely will, it's going to be amazing, to say the least. True. Well, these games come out on uh, November 21st, uh, 2014 for us here in the States. I believe it's everywhere around the world comes out on the 28th, or I believe it's just Australia comes out on the 28th. But let's move on to actually some tangible news that we have in front of us. Uh, Mega Sableye, the first Mega that has been, oh, third Mega that has been announced for the Pokemon uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire games. Mega Sableye doesn't look much different than normal Sableye, but it does have like this giant uh, jewel in front of it that uses, I'm assuming, as a defense mechanism. So far, there's no actual stats about the new Sableye but I'm assuming it's actually going to have a bit of a higher defense because of this thing. Yeah, since it's technically using the gem as a as shield. protection. Yeah, as a shield. Um, in the video, um, it uses a couple of moves, Shadow Ball, Shadow Sneak, and Foul Play, uh, which is, I'm not sure, moves that it can learn normally or not, uh, or something that it might be able to learn uh, to... to learn now in the uh, Omega Ruby and uh, Alpha Sapphire games, but that is uh, the first, other than the starters, the first mega evolution of a, uh, just another random Pokemon that we've seen. Um, Sableye, I don't remember when, when did Sableye come out? Was he second generation or third? I think he was, he was third. Sableye, Sableye. Let me look him up quickly while we, sure. No, but uh, Sableye is just one of those Pokemon that I did not expect to actually get, um, a mega evolution. I know what they're trying to do is make some Pokemon stay relevant that are just so weak that aren't they're They're not really able to be used in any sort of competitive sense. Um, not sure if Sableye is going to be as considered that at all. Cause I've never actually seen um, much talk about using a Pokemon like Sableye in a competitive sense. I think it is a third generation. So yeah, it's third gen. Okay. I'm trying to, it is what, what number is it? Uh, three oh two. Three oh two. I skipped right past it. Sableye, Sableye, Pokemon with no. Um, that is a good question. Whether Sableye's jewel would be different in either the Ruby or Sapphire games. Um, uh, Jay, Jay I, mean, I don't that. think it will be, is because of the fact that it looks like the Ruby is the same color, or the um giant gem's the same color as his eyes. Oh no, as and the, the gem one, that he has in the first place. Yeah, no, his eyes are um like clear they look like diamonds but it's the the gem on its like chest are yeah. the ones that unless it but changes when it goes mega its it go- eyes turn into that um okay that ruby color true okay um but yeah that is a, a i mean it's a, that you never know it might be a thing it might be like its eyes are this color in this game its eyes are this color in that game you know you never know uh and our strategic our strategist oh look at this guy has commented Sable, according to dre sableye is the like the best setup pokemon in the game did not know that so uh we should have chosen that as the pokemon of the episode but no we did not okay let's just looking uh, just looking at sableye uh, looking at his move pool let's let's scroll up here shadow claw power gem mean look shadow ball 
It's got a lot of very good moves and it's the moves I didn't even expect it to, to know. Prankster ability. Prankster status cat uh, status category moves have their speed priority increased by one. So definitely, like you said, a good setup Pokemon. I like that ability. Moving on. Um, some more details about uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. We talked about this kind of last week, the primal versions of um, uh, Kyogre and Groudon. Those have been actually confirmed that they are uh, kind of, I don't want to say pre-evolution or de-evolved forms of uh, Omega, uh, of Omega, of Groudon and Kyogre. Definitely cool. And apparently they even, um, both of them have their abilities boosted in some way, shape or form. Uh, so far there's no actual news about that yet, but, um, but that's going to be a, a bit of a different thing. Like what kind of abilities will they be? Uh, what, what, what type of boost will their abilities get? Cause I know or, originally the, the moves like drought and um, was a downpour, I believe is Kyogre's ability. Uh, yeah. originally they were, you know, for the uh, duration of battle until it is removed from, from play, pretty much you return the Pokemon to your belt. And I know, I think it was either in black and white and, or black two, white two, or even in X and Y. I don't remember when they made that change where those abilities only lasted for five turns. I think that was in, um, black and white. I know they may actually be in X and Y. Um, but I know what you're talking about that they, kind of uh, nerf them down a little they they definitely did and i'm wondering if they're going to when they're in their primal versions of themselves if they're going to extend the ability back to what it originally was the duration of battle or if they're going to change them completely i don't do- know i mean I'd, I'd like to, i'd like to see some changes with them when they go into their primal forms um just i don't know improve them not necessarily improve them but just enhance them in some way yeah, one uh, one thing that uh, Groudon does do is he gains the fire type, which is what I kind of figured Groudon was in the first place on a ground type, but a fire type, um, which is interesting seeing the fact that it's, you know, fire versus water. Like it has kind of always been since the very beginning of Pokemon, uh, red versus blue, you know, that whole idea. Yeah, but I mean, in with Groudon and uh, Kyogre, it's the the land versus the sea. Yeah, but he does gain the fire type when he has when he's in his uh, primal um, form, and he also gets an attack boost as well. And Kyogre gets a special attack increase when it's uh, when it's in its um, primal form as well. That's nice. I I mean I'm excited for them. I I like the the look of their primal forms. Definitely very cool and something we pointed out many moons ago where um the 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 markings on both Groudon and Kyogre symbolize the alpha and omega Greek symbols or uh, they show pretty much the Greek symbols if you look on uh Groudon I'm sorry I'm looking at Kyogre here if you look at Kyogre on its uh fins arms whatever you want to call them uh it looks like the uh, omega symbol and if you look at Groudon it looks like I'm sorry Groud uh Kyogre looks like the alpha symbol and on ground, it looks like the Omega symbol, uh, the Omega, yeah. uh, the, the Greek letters. But like I was mentioning before, uh, Omega Ruby and alpha Sapphire will be released, uh, November 21st for Japan, North America and Australia and in Europe on November 28th. Uh, all of these obviously 2014. So I'm definitely super excited for these games. 
I, I mean, this was just a small piece of the news that they announced at E3 this year. Uh, let's move on to some of these other things that were, um, that I'm definitely interested in. Let's talk about Amiibo. Yeah, I mean, we, we started talking about it last week. I mean, it didn't have a name when we were talking about it. But now it's actually been... It was the Nintendo uh, figure... What do we call them? Uh, Nintendo figure platform. Yeah, Nintendo figure platform. Um, and it finally got a name. It's called Amiibo. And to me, I find it really interesting. Um, Again, just it's if for those that maybe <laughs> that was last week... I should it's not have played like that taco Skylander. song before the song. I'm sorry, I, I interrupted you. I should not have played the taco song before that before the show today, because <laughs> Jay is like it has a new song called has a new ability called Taco Drizzle. I told you, I told you, whatever. But no, someone wants to play tacos. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyways, but, for those that uh, maybe didn't listen last week, um, Nintendo is well not planning. They're going to um release a figurine figurine collection kind of in the same vein as as the skylanders toys or the disney infinity toys where they're able to um the figure of of mario or or of link or pikachu and there's just a a few of them that are like the starting ones but they're starting with the characters from super smash brothers yeah right majority of them yeah because i i don't know if we mentioned this on the show last week but definitely you know between us talking at work um you had pointed out that this was something that they started back in super smash brothers melee where your character is essentially a little toy figurine that is coming to life yeah like that was the whole um cut scene at the beginning of melee was showing a trophy just gets thrown to the side and it comes to life and starts fighting mm-hmm. so now they've actually taken that basically that cut scene and even in the video which we'll link um later on which will go up with the show notes. Um, you'll notice that they actually show that cutscene to kind of um, symbolize what they're doing here. And, and in this video, they show how they place the little figure onto the Wii U gamepad, and then the figure in at least in Wii U or in Super Smash Brothers, it'll fight on its own. You don't control it; it'll just go. And um, it'll either, depending on what you want to use it on, you can if like you have a friend, the two of you can have your figures fight each other. Um, you can fight against the figure yourself if, like, let's say you, you're training or you just want to practice or something like that. Or you can also have a you have a friend who's really good and you can't take him out. You can have your figure fight him. You lost me there for a second, actually. Hang on. So you can have, let's say, your little Nintendo figurine, right? Yeah. And you could bring it to your, and you could just have it fight autom- like a like using the AI to fight it, not actually you like is like, yeah, what? it's all the AI doing it. Ah, interesting. It's, it's basically like one way that, um, I don't remember who said this to me, but a way that kind of to explain it, it's like having your own Pokemon ah. because you can send out the figurine. It, it fights, it does it all on its own. And the way the amiibo works, it's a two way street with the, with the, um, data that it transfers. Like, when you place it on the gamepad, yeah, it puts it into the game, and it does whatever it's going to do. But then it's leveling up as it fights, as it um fights other opponents, as it fights you, as whatever it does, it's leveling up. Oh. And when you place the, the figurine back onto it, that levels and all that experience that it gained goes back into the figure. So next time you, you know, put it on another in another game, it has all that experience already into it. That is awesome. That is a yeah. very good idea of what they're doing here. Because I didn't so, like, re- 
this is all new to me. Like I didn't research any of this before the show. Renee was the one who pretty much watched like half of E3 and watched all the conference, excuse me, all the conferences and everything. He's pretty much going to lead the rest of the show. Um, <laughs> but you know, that is, that is awesome. That's, um, I, I would love to be able to see something like that continue with Nintendo. Like, I wonder how, how far this, these amiibo things will actually last. If it's, we know Nintendo. We've we've experienced Nintendo for many many years now. So is it just going to be like a gimmicky thing that it's going to be oh, okay for the next year or two and it's going to die off? Because I would love to be able to have my little Link character or Pikachu character or whatever characters that they that they decide to start making now and be able to bring them to whatever game I'm playing, whether it be six months in the future or six years in the future. Well, from what they were saying in the uh, in the video of it and during the press conference, during the t- Nintendo Direct, um, they're original. They're starting off with Smash Brothers. That's going to be the first game where the, the amiibos can be used. Mm-hmm. Um, but they plan on also implementing it into Mario Kart Eight. They plan on implementing it into uh, uh, Mario Party and Disney Infinity. They're, it's going to have like unique Nintendo stuff. Or Disney Affinity with the uh, Amiibos. Interesting. So, I mean, it definitely sounds like... And, and also, they're going to... Eventually, there's going to be a peripheral that's going to be released for the 3DS, where they can also um, work with that, with the 3DS. Right, yeah, because the uh, 3DS already has the ability for the uh, near-field communications like technology in it. So, that's something that we can see, obviously, for the... Um, Super Smash Brothers game for the 3DS, possibly a future, uh, future like Mario games. Obviously, most of this is going to be for first party games, with with the exception of Disney, uh, that's going to be really implementing this uh, NFC feature and Skylanders, obviously. Um, but I don't let's... know if they're going to do. Um, I, I at least I don't remember them mentioning anything of that they're doing this for Skylanders, but Disney Infinity was definitely something that they're um interested in. No, no, I mean, but like the uh, the NFP feature is already implemented into the Skylanders game because that's when you you have to go buy the Skylanders toys and all this other stuff, right? They've already done that. They Skylanders is done with their Nintendo. I mean, not Nintendo, but their uh, NFC figurines, correct? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. That's what I meant. Either way, since we're talking about Super Smash Brothers, let's get into a bunch of Super Smash Brothers news. I don't know where the, where this was on our list, if this it wasn't even on the list or not. Yeah, it, yeah, it's down there. Okay, yeah, there it is. So, Super Smash Brothers, we have the characters so far. The newer characters we've already seen from Brawl are uh, Sonic, which we already know. Uh, some other characters, the uh, the Towns person from uh, Animal Crossing, uh, we've already seen. I can actually uh, yeah we've already yeah we've already seen that one we've seen the Wii Fit trainer both the male and female trainers um, who else bunch of other things other people yeah um, Mr Game and Watch is back yes and no I mean they technically haven't well they haven't officially it, actually they didn't officially announce him but in the in the official announcement for Pac Man Pac Man is now part of Super Smash Brothers completely left field i did not expect pac-man to even be part of this game but thinking about it from the original days of arcade games it makes perfect sense mario donkey kong um game and watch were all arcade games back in the day 
who better to bring in but the arcade game that is was next to every Mario game, Pac-Man. Um, yeah, it's definitely... Ex- I'm excited to see Pac-Man in it. Um, from the way that they're showing it already, yeah. um, the, the comments for him, or at least his moveset, he's using um, kind of like... You know, kind of like uh, shout-outs to the old Namco system as well. Like, I think he throws one of the Dig Dug enemies at one point. Um, oh, really? He also, uh, he, he, like, throws other random stuff from old games, like o- other Namco games. I mean, he uses the ghost himself, like the ghost that used to, you know, follow him around. Right. To, like, defend. So, I mean, it's it's definitely going to be good. And he I also mean, uses... I like him. I'm excited for him. And he also uses the fruits and things like that. Um, and apparently, uh, Namco also helped even produce Super Smash Brothers yeah. as well. So, there you go. That's looks like that's why. But this so looking at the newcomers for those that um aren't sure or, or, or aren't don't remember like the me. newcomers that we now have are uh, We Fit Trainer, the Villager from Animal Animal Crossing, Mega Man, which by the way his uh Smash uh, his Super Smash oh my God his Super Smash is uh, yes uh, God I can't remember the name of the thing Final uh, Final Smash that's Final Smash yeah. For those that don't know, um, basically his final smash is basically uh, when he gets the smash ball, he, I guess he like throws or like hits with a bat, like this kind of energy ball, and whoever sucked into this little energy vortex that appears gets blasted by not only Mega Man, but like five different iterations of him. It's like Mega Man Legends, Mega Man from like Battle Network, Mega Man, um, uh, I don't, Mega Man X, I think it is. It's like five different Mega Mans just go in and just blast him, and it's really cool and uh. It definitely pays homage to the to all the different Mega Mans, and it's amazing. It was a very cool Mega Smash. I'll go ahead and I'll see if I can find the video of that as well and put that on there too. Because that one, the Pac Man one, um, obviously we don't see a Pac Man, you know, Final Smash yet. We haven't seen one yet, but something. I'm wondering what his Final Smash is going to be. I've heard uh, theories that people have that they're expecting it'll be like. Him getting the Smash Ball will be like the equivalent of him getting like a power pellet. Yeah. And everyone will turn like blue and their controls get all weird. And he'll just be able to like hit him like super hard. That would be that would be something that that would make a lot of sense. I mean, that is his thing. Uh, those little pellets uh, and being able to. Hmm. But yes, uh, continuing on. Uh, the, the other new ones we have are Rosalina and Luma from Super Mario Galaxy. Little Mac from Punch Out, Greninja, uh, and two that were announced also during E3, Palutena from Kid Icarus. Um, I guess she's the the one who looks over Pit. I don't remember exactly. I mean, I didn't really get to play much of Kid Icarus, but I think she's like the main angel, if I remember correctly. And the one that's really exciting for me is the Me Fighters. Oh yeah, you mentioned that to me. I forgot all about the Mii Fighters. Yeah, you said they were uh, they were customizable in their uh, their style of fighting that you could fight with either a sword and a shield. You could fight uh, like a hand to hand combat type of fighting. Uh, what what else did you did you mention to me as well? And the blaster was the third one. And a, and a blaster, pretty much like a gun. So that is very cool. How there's like more customizable type of fighting style when you're playing with your with your me. Um, and you could you said you could even customize it like it's a uh, like uh it's B moves and it's A moves yeah. as well. From what Very, I, from what I understand correctly, if I remember correctly, it's like there's 32 different moves to choose from. Maybe it's 32, 
yeah, that you can choose from for what your your different attacks are for your um your me. And I'm excited for that. I would left definitely love to play as my little me. I mean, in Mario Kart, I know you can already do that. You can play as your me in it. Right, you can drive around. So, yeah, and same, I think, uh, Mario Party as well. Mm-hmm. Um, at least Mario Party Wii. Mario Party Wii. So it's definitely exciting to, to see that as well implemented into the game. All right, some other news from E3 this week. Uh, the Legend of Zelda, uh, the, the new game for the Nintendo Wii, looked absolutely amazing. What, uh, what they were trying to announce from this was uh that the fact that they were trying to make the legend of zelda a lot like the original legend of zelda game from 1987 nearly 20 years ago now uh they were trying to make it a much more open world not so much of a linear game that we're kind of used to more recently with the legend of zelda games um where you could pretty much just explore um and like with original legend of zelda games there is the idea of like you have to go Obviously, there's, you know, you're playing on a square, you know, so you have to approach wherever you're going to from either, you know, north, south, east, or west. And what um, they were saying about the game, I forgot, was it Eiji Onuma? I forgot who was actually describing the game. I, I don't remember. You had linked the, the, the video to me. You had linked the video to me, so let me see if I can bring it up here before anything actually starts uh, playing. So good, it's already muted. Um a first look at the franchise that doesn't help me who is this guy it was a Onuma. so um what he was saying that you can actually go ahead and uh you have to think tactfully about how you're going to approach a certain situation um depending on where you are in the game and you can pretty much go anywhere in the game uh he actually shows some of the um uh he actually shows some of the the the, the what was i saying uh uh, like a a screenshot of the game and there's mountains way, way far in the back that look like they're just, you know, a backdrop, which what we would expect normally from any other game. He says you can actually explore those mountains no matter how far they are. Uh, obviously, I'm assuming there's some sort of limit, but according to him, there is a uh, it's it's there is a limit, but not that close that there is an, an extreme like sandbox type of idea where you can go anywhere no matter how far you are in the game you can approach anything there's no there's no roadblocks there's nothing like that as far as what he was saying and something i i didn't see the pop-up over here i think it was dre um who had just said uh in the chat as well that the video that they play where Link is uh, riding on a horse. I'm not sure if that's like a reincarnation of an Epona type of thing, because that is Link in the in the trailer uh, that was also officially announced there. Um, that he's riding. Let's let's just call it Epona for simplicity. <laughs> uh, um, that that that's part of the gameplay footage, not a cutscene from the game. Yeah, it definitely like I, I know exactly what he's talking about. Like when they were showing that. It didn't look like it was going to be, but then it starts going into the trailer and you see him and it, it looks exciting and it looks like it's going to be absolutely gorgeous. Definitely. So, what is it? A 1080p HD game finally. And this game is just, hang on, let me see if I can find some just like footage of him looking around in the game. These mountains are extremely far in the back and uh, even like the Octoroks in this game look absolutely gigantic and they're like throwing bombs pretty much at you, which I thought was kind of cool. Like I didn't expect, I expected just like little rocks 
you know, like the old Legend of Zelda games, not bombs or whatever that was that yeah. uh, was thrown at was thrown at Link. It was like a la- they were lasers pretty much. And one thing, and that's kind of like a futuristic looking Octorok. Uh, but looking at, um, I'm just kind of watching the scene here real quickly as uh, Link is um, is running when he pulls out the bow. Hang on, I'm just kind of watching in here. Just give me like give me like three seconds. So he pulls out the bow and he shoots it, and it's like this weird contraption comes off of it. And for me, that's different from any like old Legend of Zelda game that I'm used to. I'm used to him being very, very kind of rustic. It's an arrow and it's a bow. Uh, it's and he has a sword and a shield, and these weapons look very high tech, in my opinion. I don't necessarily think high tech. Just. Um, if anything, just more magic based to them, or, or magic as well. Yeah, that that would make sense too. Um, but you see the way I mean, the boat known to use gadgets before. I mean, obviously the uh, the hook shot, the oh my god, I can't think of any of them right now. But uh, the, the I mean, there, there's one one uh, example the, of him using the, gadgets. The hook shot, I believe, is one of the only instances of him using gadgets. There there are instances of a lot of instances where he uses magic. Obviously, like even with like the Pegasus, uh, what, what game was it? Pegasus Seeds as well, where he uses, um, uh, what game was that when he uses Pegasus Seeds? I think it was uh, uh, Oracle of Ages and Seasons, hmm. where he actually uses seeds in place of a lot of the, um, like the Pegasus boots and stuff like that. They're in, in this, in the case of the game, there were seeds. You, he would eat them and he would be able to run quickly um, instead of wearing the boots and pressing B and running quickly, you know? So this instance, yeah, it does look similar to magic, but to me, and, but the hook shot and stuff like that, that's very still in, in my, in my opinion of it, it's very rustic, not so as not so high tech as his bow literally opening up in the, in, in the front and possibly what looks like a bomb being placed on the front, uh, on the, uh, on the end of the, uh, at the, on the end of his bow, on the end of his mm-hmm. arrow, excuse me. No, I mean I don't. I don't think it's that um, advanced. I just well, I mean you got to think about the light arrow. That was something that was very magic based in Ocarina of Time. True. And I, I think you feel like there were other arrows that had elements to them in Ocarina of Time, but I can't think of them right now. Um, yes, you were able to. Um, I believe you were able to even use uh, ice and fire arrows in Ocarina of Time. I haven't really been playing through much of it. Um, but yeah, I believe you can turn them into, you know, elemental arrows as well, at least just fire and ice. I think, um, there, there was one point in the game where you have to shoot through a, uh, uh, through a, um, a torch in order to hit something else. And it has to, your arrow has to be on fire in order to do it, or you have to hit something with a piece of fire. Um, that was one instance of, of that happening. But uh, when I, when I play legend of Zelda, I think, you know, old timey, you know, how do I put this? I, I can't think of uh, how to put this into the words, but very, you know, like medieval times, medieval times. Thank you. I think that and magic on top of that. I don't think too much of technology or anything like that. And looking at uh, the, uh, and, and that wasn't an octo rock. I forgot what they said it was, um, but that looks to me, it looked extremely high tech and not at all uh, organic. If you want to put it that way, mm. I I don't know. And, but moving along from that, I'm wondering now, 
Zelda timeline theory. Where is this game? No, no takers. Um. Okay, so let, let's and, and spoilers to those who maybe haven't played Skyward Sword. Uh, probably just skip the next what thirty, 30 seconds. Yeah, thirty-three 30 minutes, roughly. So. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> um, Skyward Sword was basically the origin of everything, correct? Yes. Even though I haven't played it, so that was already spoiled for me a long time ago. But that's fine. I wanted to know. So, Skyward Sword is the beginning. It is the origin story. That is the original Link, Zelda, Impa. Who else? Uh, Zelda, Impa. Have you played Skyward know. Sword? No, I haven't. But yeah. I've I've heard. Yeah, I'm not sure if there was uh, like Epona and stuff like that in there as well. Okay, so the timeline goes, and if I can open the correct link, give me one second. And a lot of the timelines are theoretical. They they did come out with that uh, that book of what the timeline is is according to Nintendo supposed to be, but a lot of it just didn't make sense. A lot of it kind of seemed you know like forced in there. I think. Yeah, then, um, yeah, so it's Skyward Sword at the beginning, followed by Minish Cap, Four Swords, and then Ocarina of Time. And from there, the timeline splits into three different, well, yeah, three different ways. The hero is defeated in Ocarina of Time. Uh, from that one, it goes to A Link to the Past, Oracle of Seasons, and Oracle of Ages, Link's Awakening, um, what is this? Zelda Ancient Stone Towers. I don't know that one. Uh, the Legend of Zelda and the Adventure of Link. And then it goes into some other stuff, which is kind of like side side stories. Uh, the Hero is Successful has two different trees that it goes to. Send me what the you're child looking era. at. Send me what you're huh? looking at. Yeah. The Child Era, where obviously you're the little kid and you were successful before you used the Master Sword. That one goes to, first of all, Majora's Mask. Oh, give me one second while I send this to you. It goes to Majora's Mask. Then from there, it goes to uh, Soul Calibur 2. I don't know why they include that in there. Twilight Princess, um, Four Swords, Hyrule Adventure. And the one where the adult Link lives his life is goes to Wind Waker, then Phantom Okay, hang on, hang on. Soul Calibur. Spirit Trackers. But anyway. Hang on, sorry. I just got super confused with this timeline. Yeah, I don't know why Soul Calibur's in there. Or really Super Smash Brothers as well. I don't know why they're there either. But uh, for long story short, I have no idea where this game is going to fall under. No, no, yeah, no, because obviously there's nothing really about this game that shows anything different about Link other than the fact that he's not wearing his hat and he's wearing a cape. Well, like, that could always wearing... be like, um, I know in Twilight Princess we talked about this. Um, he didn't get his tunic until a little little ways into the game. Um, I know there's another one. I think Skyward Sword, he spends a majority of the game without the tunic. Is that correct? I'm not sure. I, I do believe so, though. One thing I, one thing is the, the whole idea of him wearing the hat was from the Minish Cap. That's where the cap, yeah. that's where the, the idea of his um, his hat came from. And the fact that he was wearing um, a, a green tunic. Um, so I don't understand exactly where, um, the idea of him wearing a cape is. And I, I, I don't, I don't know. Like a a lot of this is 
the Zelda timeline is very confusing and and everything like that. So, uh, according to this thing, like uh, Renee was reading, so Skyward Sword, Minish Cap, Four Swords, Ocarina of Time. Then there's a split. Um, this timeline, I was looking at this one as well, but it wasn't as um, it didn't have as much stuff in it. This timeline seems to be a little weird, and I don't. I have no idea why. Soul Calibur, Super Smash Brothers, um, Zelda for the Game and Watch is even on here. Uh, BS Zelda, Ancient Stone Tablets. That's the um, I know what that is. Ancient Soul Tablets is the uh, the one for the Philips CDI, I believe. Oh yeah. So I don't understand why any because those are not canon at all. Same with Soul Calibur. Soul Calibur is not a real part of the thing. Space World 2000. I have no idea what Space World 2000 is. None of these are actually canon. Link's Crossbow Training. I have that game. <laughs> yeah, I just remember that. Yeah, Link's Crossbow Training as well. Not a canon game. That was just a, a, a gimmicky game just to show off the um, I think uh, what the, it's the basically Wii. just grouping, grouping them into what style Link is used in those games. Yes and no. Because yeah, I know in Twilight Princess, it's definitely... Brawl uses the Twilight Princess link. Yeah. Uh, Link's Crossbow Train is also the Twilight Princess link. Yeah, the, the, those two games pretty much came out together. Not not literally shows, together, but... And it shows over here on the side, it shows uh, Wind Waker. And yeah, Brawl also used um, Toon Link. Yeah. And same with Ocarina of Time at the top with Melee and original Smash Brothers. Right. So thinking about that, seeing what exactly, uh, which link was used for which game, that doesn't really tell much of the storyline, though. Because if you actually play the games, it'll talk about, you know, this, you know, the hero of time and things like that. Or I believe one of them is even uh, uh, called uh, the hero. Um, no, it's the hero of time. There's the hero of wind. Um, and there's a third one, I believe. I can't remember. But the hero of time, obviously, is the one from Ocarina of Time. And then he goes back in time there's like three it's extremely confusing i don't want to even try to get into it but the fact of this new game so far no title yet right no they just said zelda wii u zelda for the wii u doesn't help me at all i wish they actually came out with at least a tentative title for this new game um because they keep adding prequels they're they're doing you know they're pulling a star wars with this they keep adding prequels they're adding sequels and all everywhere in between and is extremely confusing. You know I, what? As long as they do a great uh, job at the game, they can do whatever they want. <laughs> true, true. But I, I do want to see like a tangible storyline as it goes through so I can understand no, I, what happens from the beginning to the end. No, no, I agree. I agree. All right. Let's move on to Mario Maker where you can make your own Mario levels. That That's, looks really interesting very cool that you uh, going in from the original Mario game I've always kind of thought like have, have you ever seen those people who um who actually go into the game and create their own levels by just either adding you know just a straight line where you can run or coins or something like that where you can just run yeah. through like who would do that on ROMs on on PC or, mm-hmm. or um, different things yeah this you know more about this so I'll let you just continue with this thing um yeah it's basically uh for those that, uh, you know, and one way that I can actually, um, best way to explain it, back in high school, I used to have a graphing calculator. And on the graphing calculator, I was able to download a few games. And one thing that I was able to download was Mario, because someone had actually um, made it for a graphing calculator. 
And obviously, whoever made this game also had to manually make the levels as well. So this game is actually uh, Mario Maker, which is going to be coming out for the Wii U, is giving everyone the opportunity to actually make those levels. Um, however you want to make them, either in, in, in two different ways. You can either use the original 2D Mario-type uh, sprites and graphics, or you can use the new Wii U. I think it's the Wii U, the 3D Mario, at least. Um, it's still all side-scrolling still, but it, you use the Wii U-type graphics to make a Mario as well. And it definitely looks really nice, and it looks like an amazing way to just be really creative with the game. And And I'm hoping that they do something with, like, the Nintendo community, where you're able to, like, download other people's... Because um, I play... I currently play Trials Fusion, for those... Anyone who knows what that is. Um, basically a game you're running around on a, mo- on a motorbike and doing different tricks and doing, running different tracks. And people can create their own levels on that as well. And you're able to download other people's levels to play those. You can rate them, you know... People get, you know, recognized for doing great levels. So I'm hoping that they do something like that with the with Mario Maker. So with the Nintendo Universe just have, or what's it called? The Nintendo Network? Uh, yeah, the Nintendo Network, yeah. Yeah, just to have it so maybe they're, like, showcasing, like, a few levels a week. And you're able to play those levels, download them, and people get nice recognition for them. I'd really love that. They would, I think that would, that would be the best way that they could go with it. Cause I know they did that. And just again, showing what kind of games I used to play. I used to play a lot of halo. I know for halo three, they did that where you can create your own level in the, um, using the, uh, the forge, uh, menu part of the screen and you can literally forge your own level. Um, that's a lot of the stuff that they did. That's how they create a lot of the machinima stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. with that, uh, they were able to create different areas and things like that. This is very cool and i would like to see that to be able to download other people's mario levels to see you know how good your mario skills are jumping between you know tons of gaps of stuff to be kind of cool yeah and i love the fact that they've not only um that they've made it for basically the nostalgia they've made it so you can play in the original mario style with the 2d Mm -hmm. graphics the little tiny mario sprite or they've made it so you can play with the new um nintendo Wii U style with the more obviously 3D Mario, the the nice graphics with the uh, everything in general. Right. It's really cool how you can use both those different ways in, in the Mario Maker. Very cool. All right, so let's get on to uh, Bayonetta, a game that wasn't uh, was not originally for the Nintendo uh, any Nintendo console, correct? I believe it was only for PlayStation Two or Three. Uh, three and also I think 360 got it. And for the 360. Xbox 360. Okay, you know a lot more about Bayonetta than I do. Yeah, for those that um, it's made by Platinum Games. Um, they're they're developers who actually, and I might be wrong. I they feel like they worked on one of the Devil May Cries, but for anyone who's played a Devil May Cry game, it's a, like a hack and slash game. You go in there, you're attacking, trying to get combos, uh, trying to get as hit had hit as little as possible to keep the combos going, and um, and a bayonetta is on that same vein. Uh, you're basically running around. Uh, you're this witch with the name Bayonetta. <laughs> And uh, she goes around, and she's fighting all these guys, and it's really well. It's a, it's a beautiful game. Oh, it's also made the same people who made uh, the wonderful 101, which is a, a Wii U title that came out recently. The developers of Devil May Cry are uh, Capcom and Ninja Theory. I feel like they worked on it for something. I don't remember why, but uh, or at least maybe I want to say one of the developers came from. Uh publishers the developers are platinum games here i'm looking it up right now um but anyways it's um it's it's very uh like it's very like uh devil may cry 
where you're trying to get your a combo going to keep it to keep your score up and it's really a cool game and cool concept and there's a lot of timing to it for you trying to avoid your opponent's attacks but it's definitely going to be interesting and uh it like like Austin said, it never came out for any Nintendo system. Mm-mm. So what they're doing for the Wii U, since they're getting Bayonetta two, they're also gonna include Bayonetta one with Bayonetta two, and some of the nice little Nintendo things that they've added for Bayonetta one. They've actually added uh different outfits for to for the main character Bayonetta herself. And like there's a little Princess Peach outfit. <laughs> there's a uh, sorry. There's a Link one in the tunic. There's a Metroid, a Samus outfit. I feel like there was another one that they showed, but I can't think of it right now. So they're really pushing their first party games like all over everything. That's what it seems like to me. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's always been Nintendo. They've always been really big on their first party. No, but I feel like, okay, a lot of the times before it was like, oh yeah, ha, a cameo. There's a picture of Mario in the background of this Legend of Zelda game or, you know, something like that. There's but not as not as heavy as they have been recently. I like I'm expecting to see, you know, Link running through a 2D world very similar to uh Zelda 2, but Mario stuff. Like I'm expecting to start seeing stuff like that, you know, coming soon. Um because they're they're really really pushing Nintendo stuff onto uh, onto a lot of their other games, uh, especially with this NFP feature and everything like that. So, like I don't know. Like yeah. it's not it's not a bad thing. But I, they're, I've just, they're really like clinging with their stuff. I noticed recently. Well, I mean, they've always been very, um, they've always tried to incorporate their first party titles into their other first party titles. Yeah. At least pay homage to them in their titles. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like with Bayonetta two, they're just trying to, I think maybe entice Nintendo, um, Nintendo fans in the first place to give it a chance as well, to just maybe um get that to grow because. Obviously, they never had any Nintendo. Obviously, no, no. If you only had a Nintendo system, you never got to enjoy any of that stuff. Yeah, and I think this is really cool. So you're actually able to um, to buy two games for one, essentially, uh, with, yeah, with buying exactly. Bayonetta. And um, so far, what you have told me, like, I kind of like the idea of the whole hack and slash thing. Like, I had um, when we were talking about um, uh, Hyrule Warriors last week. I had uh, my old high school best friend used to play uh, Dynasty Warriors, and I used to sit there and watch him, and it seemed like a very very good looking game and used to be able to just slash a hundred people at the same time, which seems like fun. It's a good way to get the anger out, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> so like definitely a game like that. If this is similar to that, I'm all for it. And I, I might even go ahead and get it myself. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for it. Um, I, I obviously played it on PlayStation three. So seeing it, uh, on Wii U definitely, definitely makes me, um, makes me look forward to it. And I, I don't know if there's going to be a Pokemon Trainer Alpha, but now that you said that, I would really love to see that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Jay uh, just said it in the, in the uh, chat that he was asking about a Pokemon Trainer outfit. Okay. Uh, continuing on with the games that they showcased in, in the Nintendo Direct. What the heck they is also, this? Captain Toad? What is that? Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. It is adorable. Um, I'll watch the video on I- mute. And I just read, and I read it, and yeah, I really don't, don't need to watch it with sound. Um, yeah. Although he is adorable. But the way to, that someone explained it, and I saw this online, was it's Indiana Jones, but but uh, Toad is Indiana Jones. Because, like, you're walking around trying to get treasure, you know, fighting things. 
and it really is adorable. And you can even go first person for um some of the stuff using the game pad. But like it, it looks really fun and it looks really interesting. And this is so cute. Just, it like, makes me want to punch a baby seal. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> this is adorable. <laughs> okay, okay. Nintendo won me back. Yeah, like it really looks exciting. Oh, this um, is so cool. You can do like first person with the gamepad. Like exactly. like kind of like oh that is so cool. Kind of like looking down the scope, you know, like a like you after playing shooting games, you're pretty much like looking down the scope of your gun, uh, but he's using it to shoot looks like mushrooms at things. Oh, this yeah, is it so looks adorable. really interesting what they're doing what they're doing with that. And I, there's actually one other game that they talked about and I forgot to link it. It's um it's Yoshi's Woolly World, if I remember correctly. <laughs> What? Well, yeah, hang on. here's the trailer. I have the trailer here, so I'll watch this while you talk about it. It's basically um for those who have played uh I think it's Kirby in in uh, Yarnland or Kirby's Yarn World or something like that. It's gone. It's ah, in the same sorry. same type of game where you're basically a in a wool type world, all strings and everything. This like reminds that. me of that was that PlayStation thing that they had a long time ago. Um, Little Big Planet. Little Big Planet. That's what this reminds yeah. me of. That's also getting a sequel, but that's not Nintendo. So yeah, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's the, like a fun game, and it looks like it's going to be really uh, just something that you're able to play and just, uh, just enjoy. Out yarn. Like that's the mechanic is like everything is yarn or everything is wool, and using Yoshi's like tongue, you're able to like unravel things, or you're able to um, to th- throw like in like how you can usually throw a Yoshi egg. Eggs, but these are little yarn one. balls. Yeah, exactly. They're yarn balls instead of like an actual egg. So you can make like kind of like a platform for yourself uh, by throwing the Yoshi egg. Sorry. And um and yeah, like you're watching the two player is also part of it. And you're able to even pick up your your friend and throw them and it looks like it overall it's gonna be a really fun game to play. Okay, this looks adorable. Ah, he fell. So this looks adorable. So Nintendo's definitely going with cute factor here and it's definitely winning me over. Normally I'm not into this kind of stuff, but Ah, uh, he picked up his friend and he ate him and he threw him. Sorry. Yep. That's what That's actually kind of interesting. As a new kind of mechanic to the way the games are played. Obviously, a lot of the games are the exact same thing. This is just Mario from back in the day relived. Um, but that's Nintendo and that's what we all know and love. This is a very yeah. cool game. I like this. Oh, you can even fly by spinning your tail or whatever that's supposed to be. Well, he's always been able to do that. Yeah, but, he um, kind of floats though. And he's got wheels for legs. Sorry, but I feel like they've always tried to. Well, it's just their their um, what's it called, side scrolling. Yeah, they're the, trying to create side scrolling games. One thing I wanted to mention about uh, the Captain Toad Treasure Tracker game is I'm sitting here watching the video. Uh, what was that game uh, that um, was it? Phil Fish made. You know what that game is? Which one? Ah oh, man, if you look up Phil Fish, he made one game. Um, I think I believe it was for like a, kind of the Xbox 360 downloaded stuff. Uh, Phil Fez. It's a game called Fez. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The Captain Toad Treasure Tracker kind of reminds me of Fez. Ah. If you if you uh, if you ever seen gameplay from from the game, or if you ever see the uh, uh, the documentary on Netflix about Phil Fish, I forgot what the documentary was called. Um, uh, if you can look that up for me while I talk about this, um, a the game is pretty much you know like a whole square world, and you're revolving around. Um, uh, just a giant square pillar and things are changing. It's, it's a 2D kind of platform game, but it's all in a 3D world. And this reminds me a lot to that. But uh, this Captain Toad game 
definitely does look uh, cool. Normally, I wouldn't buy a game featuring just Toad, but this game does look really nice and something I would probably purchase myself. Um, any, any idea on that documentary? Find... I'm looking for it now, but I can't find the actual name of it. Indie Game, the movie. Oh, okay, that one. Yeah, very good movie if you're if you're into indie gaming or into gaming in general. Just a just an insight to how uh, these uh, kind of one person, no name developers do their thing. It's called Indie Game, the movie. It's uh, it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is. Very good movie. You got to check it out. Yeah, it's a good one. Let's move on. Um, Yoshi's Woolly World. Okay, so Star Fox. They didn't really announce much about Star Fox, at least nothing that I could really find. They did show. Um, uh, wasn't Satoru Iwata who. The guy who created pretty much everything. Miyamoto. Miyamoto. Um, they showed him playing kind of in the background, uh, kind of like a Star Fox 64 looking game on the Wii U. They showed him playing with the gamepad and then looking up and looking down and looking up. I don't know really what this is if they, because I haven't been able to really find anything for. Um, I'm going to do another quick Google search. Um, Star Fox. Star Fox. Wii U. There is a trailer. Is there a trailer? Yes, there is. Star um, Star Fox for the Wii U gameplay. Um, why didn't I find this before the show? I couldn't. I didn't see this before. Either way, they pretty much blocked out the entire look of the game while he's playing it. I don't know why, but this game seems to be extremely interesting. Yeah, this is yeah, this is pretty much exactly what I saw. It's just Miyamoto sitting there playing the game, but they blurred out the gamepad and they blurred out the TV. So we couldn't see exactly what it was to me. Just looking oops, uh, to me, looking at it really quickly while he's actually playing looks like, um, what's the, the star Fox game for the, uh, for the DS star Fox was a commando Star Fox three DS. I'm sorry, not for the three DS for the DS. I know which one you're talking about. I don't remember what it was called at all though. Star Fox, star Fox command. Okay. It was for the DS. It was a, really fun little game all it was is kind of like dog fights and that's exactly what this game looks like just poured it over uh, at least from the blurred out section part of the game that they were kind of showing um i would love to see a new star fox game i don't i've never actually played one uh but i know they were extremely fun my girlfriend is actually surprisingly maria's played star fox 64 before um like she's played games that i've never played before she played ocarina of time before i did and she's not even a gamer and she doesn't like video games anymore. Either way. So, what's this 3DS game modes? What is this? That is basically... It just kind of um showcases some of the things that Super Smash Bros. is going to have for 3DS. Uh, some of the game modes. Some, it doesn't really go into it. It's just kind of like a, a little snippets of everything. Oh, so here you go. I see something looks like um, where the thing where you were able to, uh, to smash the... Uh, uh, the punching bag? Yeah, home that's run mode. Home run mode, yes, thank you. Okay, so uh, th- I, you had labeled this weird, so that's why I didn't understand what this was. Um, but yeah, it just looks interesting, and you could win trophies and stuff like that. And something that uh, you'll really be happy with, it's, it looks like, you know, how you originally were mentioning that the 3DS Super Smash Bros. looked very cartoony compared to the other one? Mm-hmm. It looks like you could actually turn that off in the settings. Stop it. Yeah, at least that's what it looks like in that trailer. Um, like, you can actually do more of a, not necessarily realistic, 
I see it. I see it. Yeah, it does look. Uh, you could turn off the uh, the the outline of the character. There, their silhouette type of thing, and yeah. it does look a lot better. It still looks cell shaded, but that's fine. Just that giant outline bothered me, and this looks much better without it because they did turn it off. Yeah. So I mean, that I'm looks happy. that's obviously for people like you who uh, didn't like that. Aren't yeah, aren't necessarily fans of that. It looks like a, a great thing, like a huge feature to have into it. That's really awesome. Definitely. All right. So um, let's... I think that's really everything. I mean, there obviously there was so much more during E3. There, I mean, just not even even Nintendo wise, like Professor Layton versus uh, Phoenix Wright for those that knows those series. Um, what else was there? I can't think of anything right now, but there was a lot of E3 uh, Nintendo stuff. Uh, something uh, that Jay went ahead and just posted in the chat. He says, I know it has nothing to do with the uh, the topic, uh, but because I play it, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! ZXL in 3DS is the next... In the, in the next, next Fortnite. In the next Fortnite. So that game's coming out soon. What I do want to play is this Valiant Hearts trailer. It's a game, what is it, for the P- uh, PlayStation 4? Um, I think it's supposed to be for all systems. Maybe not Wii U, it's, sadly. Yeah, it's not, in, it's not for the Nintendo... Hang on. It's for the Xbox One, 360, and PlayStation and PC. So I'm assuming just for the PS4. Um, I want to play the entire trailer of this just because it was such a good trailer. I'll link this in the show notes as well. I'll just put the trailer there so you can watch it. Um, the game, I'm just going to read off the... Uh, it's it's a game by Ubisoft. I'm just going to read off the um, uh, description on the of the YouTube video. Uh, World War I. Uh, hang on. Is the this is going to pretty much reading what it says? No, uh, three years between 1914 and 1918 uh, were some of the most devastating to the uh, to the history of mankind. And through the destruction of war, millions of lives were left broken and um, irreparable. Uh, Valiant Hearts is the story of uh, cross destinies and broken love in a world torn apart by this very war, meaning World War One. For unsung heroes will try to rise above the tragedies uh, strewn across Europe and band together with their uh, trusty companion dog, Walt, in search of their loved ones. So if you actually watch the entire trailer, oh, the feels. Like, I actually had to sit there and just stop for a second after watching this trailer. It was that heart-wrenching. So I'm just going to play the trailer itself. Um, any words before you want me to, before we play this? Um, no, I, I got nothing. All right. To my dearest friends, through the evil noise of artillery, tanks, and planes, I remember our adventures your friendship, and your pain. My closest friend, Emil, in your twilight years, you came to fight, not for glory, but to mend your daughter's tears. Lucky Freddy, you were always fearless and with intent. I hope you have found peace with your letters that were never sent. Anna, my bravest of warriors across the Western Front, saving the mountain of wounded without firing a shot. And Carl, 
If only I could light your way home through the fields of war, through treacherous nights, to be with your family once more. Although I cannot write these words, and the time has come to part, your stories will always remain, as will your valiant hearts. that that's how you make a trailer for a video game yeah um oh man so the thing is i love world war one world war two style games like this the fact that this game is very cartoony and i mentioned this to you when when you first showed me the trailer it does not detract at all from the story that the that the that that it's actually trying to to tell i know this has nothing to do with pokemon or anything like that or even nintendo but this yeah. this is my favorite trailer from E3. Yeah, and this definitely is one of those moments like it, it, just this trailer just um it demonstrates how how video games have evolved from something that's just a form of entertainment to a form of actual artwork. I mean, this is just flat out amazing what's been this is a story this is a not only a book that we're reading not only a movie that we're watching but we are it's um uh what's the word for it um it's it's an interactive yeah no it's interactive it's an interactive story that's what video games are and just like you said yes they are evolving to become very good stories and this game is just I had to take a second that yeah i have and, to buy a playstation we'll, 4 now <laughs> <laughs> and we'll link that in the in the uh show notes we'll put that video it, it's definitely something um it, it it's something first of all like we said it's very emotional but it's it's definitely a great example of how video games have evolved and, and i really love that about it and oh, the story looks like it's gonna be amazing look who decided to show up in the chat <laughs> yeah uh and uh before we forget uh since i don't think we've read this yet no we haven't uh if you're looking to shop on amazon for video games and pokemon merchandise instead of going straight through amazon you should visit our amazon store at pokedexradio.com store here uh austin has compiled many different games and consoles and he's always adding more using our store will help support the podcast and won't cost you any more than what you would normally pay you use amazon obviously to buy things all the time i know i personally do i think i've just bought like a book and other stuff recently so why not just uh, buy through our affiliate store and help support pokedex radio to visit our store go to pokedexradio.com store or pokedexradio.com amazon all right thank you for that so uh, i don't know this valiant hearts thing like that that just derailed me just right now um what do you think i did the ad just kind of Right. Yeah, because that totally was completely <laughs> awkward after watching that trailer. All right, so let's get into uh, so we pretty much went over everything for today's episode so far. So let's get into the uh, the Pokemon of the episode. Who's that Pokemon? 
All right, the Pokemon of the episode today is Pokemon number, I lost it, Pokemon number 57, Primeape. Primeape, a generation one Pokemon, very, very old school we're going here. Um, One of the first few Pokemon uh, released by Ash because he's dumb. Uh, Then again, I did mention last week, I have a new outlook on Ash after watching that uh, that Charizard, the Charcific Valley episode. Um, that episode was definitely the feels as well. And I cried like a baby. So, Primeape, uh, fighting type Pokemon. It is uh, classified as the pig monkey Pokemon. Um, it is, uh, you can find it in the wild at a 50-50 male to female ratio. Uh, Primeape as well, 50-50 male to female ratio. Um, Mankey is also a fighting type, also classified as the pig monkey Pokemon. Uh, Mankey, it's, uh, a base form is number 56. Um, the only areas you can find, um, the, uh, you can find Mankey is in the friend safari in Pokemon X and Y, obviously the fighting type friend safari and primate. You have to evolve your Mankey in order to, uh, in order to get a primate in the games. Um, uh, Mankey evolves into primate at level 28. So, which is weird because I know in the Safari, Friend Safari, you can only find Pokemon at level 30, correct? Um, yeah, I think 30 is the level. It's either that or 20, but I'm pretty sure it's 30 because it's higher than I. Yeah, yeah, because 28. It's higher than normal, I know. Right. So you want to go over its, um, its abilities? Yes, its abilities are Vital Spirit. The Pokemon cannot be under sleep condition while having this ability. Anger Point increases attack to maximum level upon taking a critical hit, and its hidden ability ability is Defiant. Attack is raised by two stages when the Pokemon has its stats lowered. Doesn't work on self-inflicted stat drops or drops from allies. So self-inflicted stat drops would be what? Like, um, Curse? Isn't that one? No, not Curse. No, Curse is a... Uh, no, Curse does stat drop, but I think it lowers attack. Oh, well, as long as you're not a ghost type, as long as you don't... Ghost type Pokemon isn't using it. Um, I believe it lowers your attack and raises your speed, or it just raises your attack and your speed. Yeah, something like that. Stat but lowering. But the story moves like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's um, pretty good for, for Primeape. Let's go ahead and let's look at its... Um, what am I talking about? It's uh, his... Uh, his stats here, Primeape's uh, base HP is 65, attack 105, defense 60, special attack 60, special defense 70, and a speed of 95. A lot faster than I was expecting Mankey to be, and a lot stronger than I was expecting Mankey to be. Primeape? Primeape. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I, I, I know it's a good Pokemon. Don't get me wrong. I raised one uh, back originally, way back in the day. Uh, obviously, its move pool changed uh, significantly over time. Instead of having like five moves it can learn, now it has like 20 or 30. Um, but yeah, definitely a, an awesome Pokemon. Final Gambit. I've never heard of this move. Shows how much I pay attention to Pokemon recently. Final Gambit. Uh, that's his last move that he uh, that he learns. Base power of oops, base power of uh, one hundred, power points five, and a question mark attack. Okay. Uh, the user risks everything to add to attack its target. User oh. faints, but does damage equal to the user's HP. What a move! So it's basically like self destruct, kind of like self destruct, but better. Yeah, but for fighting as well. That's a weird move. 
Never even heard of it. Either way. So that is the uh, the Pokemon of the episode this week. Pokemon number 57, Primeape. And um, I guess there's one last thing I guess we could talk about. Um, since I recently, well, last weekend, I got a Wii U with the Mario Kart 8. Yes. Um, my first impressions of it is the Wii U. I mean, I also have a PlayStation 4. So I'm going to preface with that. But I think it's a really great system. I mean, for Nintendo, it looks amazing. Mario Kart looks gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And it really does. It gets me excited. Just seeing Mario Kart gets me excited for what other games, how beautiful they're going to look. I mean, Zelda, obviously. um, Super Smash Brothers. I'm really excited for all of that. But the Wii U itself, I mean, it it looks it's great system. I love the gamepad itself. It's really cool to just be able to like, I know during E3 when I was watching all the press conferences, um, me and Shane and Will, who we, we were watching everything together, mm-hmm. able to just play on the gamepad. Like, yeah, all you guys, all you guys all took on. the day off, and I'm sitting there at work, just like at work, and everybody else took the day off. <laughs> I hate you guys, sorry, <laughs> but uh. But it's really fun to be able to just continue playing on the gamepad while you have uh, something else going on the TV. Like I had the press conferences going on the television while I was still playing on the gamepad. That that's a really cool thing to me. I mean, I know awesome. the PS4 has basically done that as well with their with their the um, remote play with the Vita. But it's still just really nicely done with the gamepad with the Wii U gamepad and the gamepad itself. Actually, I thought it was going to be much heavier than it is. But it's really not that bad. And I think maybe I just thought it was going to be much heavier because always the demos, when you go to the store, they're kind of like yeah, corded. They, yeah, and true. that makes them heavier. Mm-hmm. But no, it, it's really it's really nice. And um, and obviously it comes with, with uh, it comes with everything you need. Not like some systems. I'm looking at you, PS4, Xbox, PS3. No, you it never H- comes you with a HDMI uh, cable. HDMI cable. It comes with one. Yes, it does. Awesome. And it's nice. It's nice. So yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely exciting. It's it's a great system. I I really enjoy it already. Um, obviously, I only have Mario Kart Eight right now, but I do plan to get more stuff for it. Obviously, with E three, it definitely it makes me feel better about my purchase. Right? Did you I, download I like, uh, Wind Waker? Yeah, Wind Waker is the one I downloaded. Yeah. Speaking of which, for those if you already got Mario Kart Eight, um, make sure to register that so you can get your free game. Wind Waker, Pikmin, Super Mario Brothers, or We Party U. Party U. Party Wii U. I don't know. Point of the story is, make sure to register it. Point of the story is Wind Waker. (laughs) So, um, that is, like, I want, like, I I wanted to get mine after work today, but I just came straight home. I wasn't feeling too well anyways. Um, all the donuts. Yeah, all those donuts are just terrible. Um, (laughs) um, maybe tomorrow, maybe Monday before work or something like that. One thing I did want to mention as well. That's a terrible idea. What happened? Oh, well, okay. Oh, I know. That would be a terrible idea before work, and it's got it sitting in the car, and I'm just anticipating to go play it. Either way. Yeah. One thing I did want to mention as well, um, at least if you are listening live um, in like, what is it? An hour, like 20 minutes <laughs> starts uh, uh, the Ivory Coast versus Japan match from the World Cup. Ooh. Yeah. Pokemon related. Um, Speaking of which, did you see the uh, plane that they flew in on? Oh yeah, they flew in on the Pokemon uh, uh, the jumbo jet thing. It had like Pikachu and all those different Pokemon on it. That was that's amazing. I love yeah. how how Japan is actually um has taken that as their mascot. They know how important how you know big it is, so they're like, 
you know what? This is us. Right? Like, that's, that's what I like. They didn't, like, it, it, it's not Mario. It's not Zelda. I, I link Zelda, Legend of Zelda franchise. It's not anything else. But Pokemon is the number one thing that they're using to market themselves as not only a country to the west of the to the rest of the world um because it, obviously it's the, the world cup this isn't just like a thing where like it's not just like just a region it's only like in asia or something like that this is the world cup so i thought this that i thought that was like the coolest thing that when they started uh when they first announced it and it's still my background on my computer at work uh with with pikachu and the other what is it like nine other pokemon yeah um, like uh, all huddled together plushies there was plushies. I want plushies of them. That's what I'm saying. Were there? Were there? If there was, I, I want to buy are, a Pikachu. But I really want them. Yeah. So um, obviously we're all rooting for Japan because it's Pokemon. So um, the Ivory Coast can suck it. So hopefully hey, Japan hey. wins. <laughs> Sorry. So whatever. So I'm hoping no, Japan. And then I'm not being mean. Ivory Coast will do their best and so will Japan. Uh, they might lose, but you never know. But yeah. It's going to be, um, hang on. I, one thing I've been wanting to, to kind of mention since, uh, the whole idea of super Mario strikers, Mario tennis, uh, I believe there was also a Mario baseball game. I, th- was there a Mario basketball game too? I don't yeah, know. They had one, um, Mario hoops two on two. I think it was. Okay. All of those games with the idea of there now being, um, Nintendo related things being pushed into other areas of gaming, would there be now because of the whole idea of Pokemon being branded um, as the mascots for the um, Blue Samurai, the the Japanese uh, soccer, football, whatever you want to call it, team? Would there now be kind of a spinoff of a Pokemon sports game, like a soccer game? I don't know, but that would be. Uh, I would I like mean, to see that. Actually, that'd right? be cute. Yeah, that would yeah, not only adorable seeing Pikachu running around, but I think I would I would I would see them going that way. You heard it here. Yeah, first. you're right. Especially now, you know, think about Pokemon fighters because mm-hmm. they're they're really spreading their wings with a lot of their stuff. Um, Nintendo Nintendo's really going crazy with their stuff recently. Uh, I know it's just to try to boost their numbers, boost their income. Uh, because they boost the brand awareness, brand awareness as well. Nintendo's Nintendo's going through an evolution of sorts recently. Um, not trying oh, to not, evolution. Not, not, not trying to make a pun here. No pun intended. But they they really have been, and I I would like to see where this goes. What Nintendo does because Nintendo has been a company of many different things in the past. They were a taxi company. They were you know a, a rice company. They were playing cards, which they still accept. Everything else they kind of shun to the side. They were even um, an escort service at one point in time, which <laughs> you know, which is like really Nintendo. Like that's where the company went. Um, but still, they they embraced the whole Hanafuda cards thing. They even made like special edition Mario ones as well. So with with the evolution of video games, with their whole brand awareness, trying to put their hands into anything and everything that they can clothing. Oops. What did I do? Clothing. Um, uh, you, uh, what is it? The, the, um, the Pokemon, uh, plushies, the Pokemon, 
uh, school supplies, things, the book bags, the pencil cases, the, the pencil top eraser things. Like I'm expecting to see like Nintendo, like cars, like vehicles, you know, sometime not in the near future, but I'm just exaggerating here, but within the next, maybe like 20 years, Nintendo brand tires where you see like little Pikachu on them or something like <laughs> that, or like Don fan, you know, like rolled up on the side of your tire. But I really, the, the way Nintendo has been going. Yeah, it's gonna, it, it, it's exciting just in general to see them spreading their wings like this. It's, it's very cool. There is a, yes, there is a Pikachu car, which is pretty much uh, the Volkswagen beetle or the bug, whichever one it is with ears on it. I mean, even, even here locally, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, what is that? Uh, Exterminating Extermination, service? yeah, and it has like the mouse. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, you've seen those cars? Yeah, it's like a bug and has like a tail with mouse ears on it. They pretty much did that to a beetle, and they did that to an airplane as well with their whole jumbo jet thing with their team and all that good stuff. But that's pretty much it for today's episode of Pokedex Radio. Question of the episode before we uh, before we get, uh, before we end things. What are your reaction? Are you serious, Will? If if Will's being serious, so the the Pikachu Beetle goes to MetroCon, and if it really does, I'm tempted to go to MetroCon now. Well, you know, it's right around the corner, especially for you. You live in Tampa, right? And that's where I I mean, I even mean, like that. It's what is that the convention center, right? Yeah, I've the been there so many times. I even like when I was working, and. uh I worked there a couple uh, once. Um, who's Pika Belchu? Okay, apparently somebody owns this car that lives somewhere. Pika <laughs> Belchu. That's a person, apparently. Urban Dictionary. But continuing with what... Uh, yeah, go on, I'm sorry. <laughs> While I search this. Thing. Our question of the episode is, uh, what are your reactions from E3 2014? That's a girl. Um. And I, I'll open it up, um, not only Pokemon or Nintendo-related, even other things as well, if you guys have comments on that. Because I know, I, like Austin mentioned, I watched everything, all the um, conferences. So I, I'd be interested to see what, what everyone has, what their reactions are, not just Pokemon and Nintendo, everything else as well. Um, so I'm... So pretty any, much, anything else? what are your reactions from E3 2014? Um, apparently some chick owns this car. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, it's a beetle. I mean, I'm not trying to be no, 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 no. Texas, but yeah, <laughs> most guys do not fit in a beetle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did have uh, one of my best friends from high school to drive a beetle, but it was his mom's car. Oh, well, that's again, sense. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the links will be in the show notes over at pokedexradio.com slash 85. Uh, if you want to go ahead and uh, comment on the show notes, please go ahead and do so. Once you see me, go ahead and post them. If you're listening live right now, obviously they're not going to be up. They should be up in the next, um, <laughs> will they should be up in the next day or two. Uh, you can go ahead and like us on Facebook over at uh, facebook.com slash Pokedex radio. Uh, obviously follow us on Twitter at Pokedex radio. Uh, please go ahead and subscribe to the show uh, on uh, iTunes, whatever you decide to use as your pod cast aggregator thing. Uh, go ahead and subscribe to us so you can get every episode as they come out. Sometimes I'm late publishing the episode either a day or two. Sometimes I'm right on time. Uh, but uh, please definitely subscribe. That uh, does a, uh, uh, does help me out. I like seeing all those uh, high download numbers each and every time I publish an episode. Um, 
If you really do like us a lot, please think of going in and donating to us over at pokedexradio.com slash donate. Just drop a couple of dollars over there in our PayPal bin thing uh, so uh, it can help support the podcast, um, help me buy extra equipment for all the stuff I use. Renee, I showed you how much stuff I use for this show, and it yeah, was a lot of stuff. overkill, but it sounds good, doesn't it? So, yeah, it does. It yeah. Does. I'll um, give you that. Yeah, I mean... Um, the- also, uh, Stitcher, you can also thumbs up us on there and i think mm-hmm. you can write reviews as well uh, at least i get an email that tells me to write a review for pokedex radio and i'm like isn't that bias <laughs> yeah yeah i've gotten that email before as well from stitcher but um, um but itunes also, as well subscribe on there as well mm-hmm. uh but I, well, the one thing i don't like about stitcher though not to put them down or anything because they, they are a great company for doing what they do the uh uh when you stream via stitcher it makes the quality of the episode sound terrible it sounds like you're listening to it like like through an old-fashioned like am radio and you're not on the right frequency mm. to me it just like when i listen to this when i listen to the show through stitcher it just i through my phone and i have a good phone i have the galaxy s4 it's not like an old phone or anything yeah terrible sounding yeah I mean, but there's not really much for um at least free on on android that can be used for podcasts beyond pod that's what i use yeah there's there's a free and there's a paid version the paid version allows it it syncs all your stuff automatically we'll talk about this later either way uh feedback at pokedexradio.com is our emails is our email if you have any concerns or anything about the show something we said you don't like email me there any comments about the stuff that we talked about in uh, the episode it's over uh at pokedexradio.com slash 85 for today um so that is pretty much it for today's episode any last word any last words uh renee Follow us on the Twitter, on the Facebook. Oh, I got. Sorry. Lower that a little bit. Go on, go on. Follow us on the Twitter or the Facebook. All right. So that is it for the show today, trainers. Again, my name is Austin, and that is Renee, letting you know to live, laugh, and catch them all. And we'll see you guys next week. This podcast is a Flashlight Studios production. Copyright 2014 Flashlight Studios. For more information, you can visit us at flashlight-studios.com or for the Pokedex Radio at pokedexradio.com. Thank you for listening.